0: Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives.
1: Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So today's guest is Sue Howe from uh, Chicago. She has been a builder for like 20 years. Uh, she's an investor investor. And just got tons of experience around construction. So today's all about construction. Yay! <laughs> uh, I think what I really appreciated most about this interview, and I think what you ladies are gonna appreciate a lot, we get into some really nitty gritty discussion around uh, the importance of uh, certain waivers mm-hmm. to have in place to protect yourself uh, working with contractors. And really, that's so important. Um, and we get into some great detail. Uh, So you guys can take, ladies can take some notes and implement in your next renovation project.
2: Yes. So Sue and I share the same love for construction. So I feel so connected to her. It's not even funny. (laughs) And we also talk about like walls that we as women, we build, right? Nobody built for us. We build ourselves, those walls. And really like the pressure and unrealistic expectations that we have to really know construction as quick as possible so we know how to build a house and she really you know breaks down that it's really not realistic and we are all as men or women it doesn't really matter we all learn construction in a very organic way Um, I love her non-negotiables the lean waivers is one of them but she does not stop there this is like a non-negotiable episode for me. If you are in real estate, you got to listen to this one. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa.
1: Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her show, where we interview some amazing, amazing women around the country, around the world, hearing their secret sauce, as Andressa likes to say, oh. of how they're doing what they're doing, investing, investing being a woman in this lovely world we're all in, balancing it all and, and, and doing it with grace and sometimes a lot of other things. <laughs> but uh, so that's what we're up to. We do mini-sows once a month where Andresa and I do like 10-minute little snippets of something in our business to give you some uh, value, but in a short time frame. And then most of our interviews go a little longer than that where we're really getting into a woman's story and their path and, and some tips and strategies to apply to your own life. So we have Sue uh, with, our, with us today from Chicago. Sue, so glad to have you on our show. Uh, thanks for being here.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me, ladies. This is exciting. Yeah, we're, we're
1: looking forward to getting into Sue's um, story. Uh, she's been in construction for a long time, which is a, a rarity in our world of, of investing. So excited to, we're going to go all things in, in construction, which I know is music to your ears. It Andressa. is. <laughs> you see um, my face, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's your favorite, favorite topic. So we're going <laughs> to yes. go there in a moment. But like we all, what we'd like to do each week too, for the amazing women listening is to connect with all of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just share some, some sort of quick tip with all of you before we jump into the interview. So, yeah. Andressa, what what is happening
2: well, so yesterday, um, I, share, I share with you guys here before that I've been through this communication course at uh, Landmark, has nothing to do with real estate, has all to do with real estate at the same time. And um, yesterday, two friends of mine that took the course were finalizing it and I went to the, you know, the last day uh, to celebrate them and it's so interesting that even though I was already part of the, the, the course and everything, I hear things differently every time that, that I go. And this particular thing is that we are 100% responsible for the way that we listen to people. And then that's like sometimes a foreigner concept. But if I already have a preconception about that person, I'm going to listen. It doesn't matter what this person says. It doesn't really matter the intentions or anything else. I am going to continue listening to this person the same way. And I was like, how can we apply that in real estate, right? So you all, we all heard or continue hearing about the contractors are really like scam bags or whatever. So then we create this listening that contractors are always looking for change orders, that they're going to run away with our money, that they're, you know, not doing a great job. So if that's my listening of contractors, guess what's going to happen? It doesn't matter if I find a great contractor, honest with integrity, and it it does a great job. I'm still going to have that listening in my hand. So the question is, how do we get ready of this listening of people of in general, right? So it's really simple and complicated at the same time. First is just being conscious about the listening that you you are having with uh, the person, but really start the conversation from that thing as if past never existed. This is your first interaction with this person and really being in communication with that person means that you are listening listening not talking but really getting what the other person has to say and when you come from nothing there was nothing there you really get who the other person is and what they're trying to communicate and then you create that relationship now we leave the past in the past meaning even though if we you had a great or bad experience with other contractors that really, you can learn the lessons from it, but you just cannot assume other people are going to do the same. So, I just wanted to share because we, you know, on a daily basis, we tend to criticize people. Um, so, if you're not on the arena, uh, really be careful with criticizing people um, because it, it's really, you're, you're actually showing your own insecurities when you criticize people. You can't um, find, um, flaws in other people. If you cannot recognize them in, in yourself, that's another topic for another show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's full of a lot of stuff we can go into, but but I've got to go. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great, great recommendation. And I think it's a great topic as we segue into Sue and all the experience she has in terms of, um, construction, which, you know, I'll ask you a quick question, Sue, here, but it's such great advice, Andressa, because we do bring those preconceived notions. We bring those stories, right, mm-hmm. to, to, to our interactions. We have to keep that in check because it's not always fair. And, uh, it's certainly not going to help us through, you know, navigating construction by having those really negative thoughts. Um, so great point. Uh, so without further ado, Sue, um, just so excited to have you on, uh, what propelled you? And I know you've been in this business for for some time. Uh, what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing?
0: Um, it started quite a few years ago when um, my oldest daughter uh, she was born, and I had a corporate job downtown Chicago that required a lot of hours and a lot of dedication, and. Um, as many women, I looked at my daughter and decided I would rather spend time with her uh, than the fine, uh, wonderful people that I was working with. And it just kind of fell into my lap. Uh, there was an opportunity of a little house a few blocks away from where uh, we were living at the time. And an older gentleman had passed away and he was unable to care for it. This was back in the um, mid-90s before... Uh, you know, what we're doing now was even popular. There really weren't a lot of books out on it. There were no support groups. Um, but I just knew coming from a strong construction background, um, my family, all of my my father, my uncles, and so on and so forth, um, had a very strong acumen. And that's what they did professionally, that I looked at this, and I thought, well, I could, you know, do what I, we could paint it. And uh, I think, I, you know, it's hard to remember now that many years ago, uh, but I think it just needed a, you know, a little bit of cosmetic rehab. I remember replacing the toilet and some countertops, painting, doing a little landscaping, and uh, just giving it a little love, and was able to sell it for a tidy little profit uh, back then, and that just kind of got me hooked. I really enjoy, and for years, I grappled with Admitting I loved construction because as a woman, I wasn't supposed to love it. So I came <laughs> yeah. up with all these excuses that I liked something else and some other facet about it. And the reality is I, I'm old enough and I've been doing this long enough. I love building and I love almost every aspect of construction. It's fascinating to me. And that's how it started. That, and I kind of have just developed it over the last 25 years.
2: You know, it's self- like refreshing to hear that so i i i feel the same way sometimes i was like yeah we were like are you serious this is the most stressful part of real estate and it's like i uh, well i like the smell of lumber you know a brand new uh, set of drawings and all of that like people were like you're nuts so that it's a very clear scenario of your first deal. So how does today look like? So before you just did minor, you know, TLC and how your, if you were going to do like a screenshot of how your life looks like right now as an investor, how would you describe?
0: My life today is um, amazing. I never thought I would, you know, be saying this if you would have told me 25 years ago, we would be having this conversation. I really kind of would have laughed you off the stage. <laughs> um, currently building a brand new home. I have a, a crew of wonderful people. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, many of them I've had the luxury of working with 15 plus years, and um, that's what I do. I do very large remodels, uh, working, uh, working on a new home construction working on two new home constructions and also a fun fun project um, that I think is just really going to be the highlight of my year working on developing a, a vacation destination in the Carolinas um, so that is what I am doing believe it or not I also do some teaching um, because so many people are confused by construction and in kind of it, it, it's just very confusing for so many people. And for me, for whatever reason, and I, you know, I'm so grateful that it, it it isn't confusing to me. So I hope to help people by kind of demystifying it. And hopefully somebody will have fun with construction and not be so afraid of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's a great segue. I mean, we, <clears throat> we have the pleasure of connecting with a lot of women in this business and we ourselves, you know, um, are, are in it. And, and Andressa even, you know, closer to, to sometimes the hands-on than I even have been. I mean, I, I've dealt with contractors as well, but we all, a lot of women, I will say, uh, struggle with dealing with contractors um, and, and for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with knowledge and confidence and what we don't know a lot about and what we don't have confidence in, we are scared about and we're scared, you know, we're just, kind of nervous about being in that situation, making sure we don't get taken advantage of, making sure we know the right questions to ask, make sure the home looks, you know, or the apartment that we're renovating. So, and, and, and you're, you now are, you know, you're, you're building vacation destinations, right? So you're, you're doing a lot of really big things. And I know that you have done small things as well. So for the women listening and they're navigating whether they're doing a small renovation, cosmetic or they're maybe starting to get into something a little larger. We just spoke with someone in another interview, and she's done only cosmetic, and now she's like, I think I'm ready for more of a, you know, uh, you know, big renovation project because she feels like she's ready for that now. How do women, as they navigate renovating properties uh, for flips or or for for buy and hold, really? Is, is applicable, probably a little different, but in general, pretty applicable. How do they navigate dealing with contractors? I mean, it's a big topic. I'm sure you teach, court, like, you could teach a lot, like, for days on this, but what are the must things, in your opinion, in your experience, that they need to do to be effective dealing with contractors?
0: I would, my advice would be the same for men and women when it comes to this. I look back at my early years, and the single most greatest, um, uh, I don't know, I, the, the greatest advantage I had was because I was willing to get dirty and do a lot of the work myself. In the beginning, a lot of it was done wrong, but it's through that and through actually knowing what goes on be, with inside of walls, it's learning a little bit about uh, foundations and what's important to them. And some of this Actually, just has to happen organically with a little bit of time and effort. But because I did hands on, and I'm not recommending to anybody to do hands on for 10 years, which is really kind of the time frame I did it, but I would highly recommend devoting a year, maybe two years, into kind of doing some of the work yourself, um, because that will give you the greatest perspective on what is really necessary to put into a good project. And it doesn't have to be a year or two full time. You know, you can do it, you know, weekend warrior type of things, but that gave me the greatest advantage in my construction industry, you know, in my construction career of knowing what the starting point. I knew where plumbing, what was good plumbing and what was bad plumbing, because I did the work myself a little bit. That doesn't make me a plumber. Um, and same thing with electric and siding and so on and so forth. But I do highly recommend taking an active role for a little bit of time to kind of understand what goes into construction. And I, I, I love
2: that because I, I, I truly feel that you know if you get passion about it, you want to know more about it. If, if that's not your your thing, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, n- but but that's not your role. So I will always recommend also to take a step back and really understand what are your, your, your strengths and, and weaknesses. And then you're going to be the right person, the right seat. So as I shared before, I've been in construction too. And I really love what you're saying because I want to know that I really interested in knowing like, okay, this foundation here, how do we test if the concrete, you know, has the, the right consistency or not, or how, how do I know, how do I know if this plumbing angle, 90 degree angle here um, is a good thing or is not a good thing. So and I, I love what you're saying about the time timeframe and, and learning organically. I think there's a, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but there's a lot of pressure for the women to really know right away everything. And that pressure, I think sometimes we put on ourselves. Um, And and it doesn't serve much. So because we are always comparing, uh, oh, I don't know construction. So therefore I'm not going to even start um, investing it. What would you recommend for uh, those ladies that really um, don't know how to estimate a rehab, for example?
0: If you don't know how to estimate a rehab, well, you know what, just I'd like to comment on what you said originally, and that is, I think one of the hardest things we do to ourselves as women, especially in the business world, is we we build our walls. And they're self-built. And we have the power to knock them down anytime we feel like it. Where the male counterparts in construction, they fully accept and embrace that it's going to take them years to be great at their skill. And there's no shame in it. And I think as women, we need to look at that and we need to accept that this isn't something that can be learned in a weekend seminar it's going to take time and it's okay that we mistakes are an opportunity for us to to grow and to build Mm -hmm. but in the meantime if you're jumping you know uh, feet first into a great project and you want to know estimating find somebody you know and you trust that has construction experience Um, as in any field finding a mentor in an area that you are not, you know, comfortable with, or you have a high level of knowledge or skill is the fastest and most effective way to propel yourself. So you don't have to do it the hard way and learn by yourself. I took me 10 years, but if I had somebody that was great in construction working side by side, I bet I could have achieved my goal in a fraction of that time. So the the key would be finding somebody that you know and you trust that has a very strong construction background, uh, probably a construction, you know, somebody that is a general contractor. Uh, retired um, individuals are also great to access, or somebody who's a really strong handyman or handy gal um, to help you establish what really needs to be done. Because to kind of circle back to your original and much earlier in our in in this conversation was sometimes we attack the the contractors as bad individuals or we have these preconceived notions but in reality it's easier to keep the contractors as the guilty party rather than look in the mirror and say maybe we didn't know what we were doing and we didn't have the right prices and we didn't have the right scope of work um, and that kind of, you know, kind of keeps the situation going where the contractor is the guilty party. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so yeah. I would, I would strongly recommend partnering with somebody to help. Um, I don't know, I kind of can help people along the way virtually. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's ways to do that and I'm happy to work with, um, you know, with people just beginning, um, because somebody, there were people there along the way that helped me, but that's what I would recommend partnering with somebody that has a strong construction background. Um, whether that, you know, how that is, I don't, I, I don't know, you know, each community would be a little bit different.
1: Yeah. That's a great suggestion. The, you know, I, I have to be the devil's advocate in some ways too, because I love real estate investing. Um, if you said, do I love construction? I don't know if I, love is a big word, like for me to say that, you know, um, but I love real estate investing from the perspective of transforming something that's not usable to something that is right and transforming people's lives through that process. Construction is a big part of it, especially if you do a lot of value add projects. And we've done enormous projects over the years and then small projects. Um, but again, do, 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 is it all because you know I'm drawn to loving construction? I I would probably say no, to be perfectly honest. However, you 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 come to really appreciate it, and you need to still know. Someone needs to, I should say, someone on your team needs to know enough to, you know, determine what's happening. Is this is this going right? Not going right? Are we are we getting the right price? Are we not getting the right price? So I just say that to the women listening, because some women may not really ever want to love construction as maybe both of you do, and that's okay. Um, However, someone on your team, a partner, or like you're saying, who's a great recommendation, needs to really um, love it. Someone needs to love it, I think. Uh, It doesn't necessarily need to be you. Um, because yes. you, love, you need to love another part of the business or something else, and I don't think we all need to love every part of it. But construction is just one of those pieces. Like it's like saying, you know, I'm going to get into um, playing basketball, but I don't really want to dribble. It just doesn't seem like a good idea to dribble. Well, you can't really <laughs> play basketball if you don't know how to dribble. Same thing with real estate investing. You, you can't really get into it if you have no desire at all. Or, or at least wanting, being open to it, right? Learning and, and just being open to it, even if you are never going to be this, I love it and need to smell lumber every day. So for the women listening that, you know, really want to know it enough so they can effectively manage it, right? They're, they're buying a, a rental unit and they're doing the BRRRR strategy where they're buying, they're renovating it, refinancing it. So could we call that a little more cosmetic Maybe, but sometimes the burr strategy is not cosmetic and it's a complete gut. So I'm curious for you, working with so many subs over the years, what are the things that need to be in
0: place? Um, to, to to be effective and manage your your projects properly, it, it is it is it is a business. It's not you know it's not something. And I think we have to, as women especially, take that responsibility on ourselves. And whether or not we know we, we love construction, not everybody played with their Barbies in the houses that they built. I didn't like my Barbie townhouse. My brother and I had sawed off pieces of lumber that my dad brought home. <laughs> and goes, Honest to God, I truly did this. I built, we built a whole house, a whole town, and that's what I played with my Barbie in. But, you know, the pink townhouse just wasn't for me. I get most women aren't that <laughs> way but as women in this industry as every other aspect of it we have to take charge and take a certain sense of professional professionalism to this aspect so one partnering with somebody who knows about construction or has a love of it if it's not your forte is i think first and foremost because if you don't take ownership of the construction portion of it you could very easily be purchasing a property that you're already going to lose money at yep. before you walk out of the closing room. So yep. take this very seriously. I have found this single, a single common thread between the most successful investors are that either they know what goes on in construction or they have somebody on their team that does. So take that seriously. But there are other things that you need to take charge of. And one is establishing a great budget so you're not looking for the cheapest guy to do the work that is below standard rate and therefore you're attracting a group of people that are just predators. They may not be, they're not professional themselves. They're just looking to do a bad job and take your money for it. So start with the fact that you want to attract people from that middle group That have experience but are not the most expensive, but will get the job done. And in doing so, you want to establish benchmarks for professionalism, making sure that every time you give somebody a payment, a waiver is in place. So, therefore, you're going to avoid any kind of liens going forward. And that person knows exactly, and therefore, the amount of the project is set in stone. You need to have a proposal in place from everybody that works for you and that proposal has several key components it has to give in detail what work they're providing they the cost of that work what materials they are providing. it has to be dated and it has to include the address of the project if all of those elements are in place then you have a legal binding document Um, you also want to make sure You have some clear expectations. You know, set a time frame up and hold that contractor accountable. Put in, you know, an agreement. If you don't show up for work for three or four days in a row, I'm going to back charge you a fee because you're charging me money. Um, And most importantly, uh, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, change orders happen on every job. Don't pretend they don't. It's part of what happens. We have to accept it. Nobody can see what be, what's behind a wall until that wall is yeah. opened up. So make sure in your budget, depending on the size of the project, depending on the age of the building, you have a, between a 10 and 25% overage for all of your unexpected change orders. And as long as, the ch- as long as the change order happens behind the wall, that nobody could see it is a realistic change order. If a subcontractor tells you, well, it's taking me longer, so I have to charge you more, that's not even legal. I mean, they just mismanaged their time. They might be new. And you know what? You don't owe them more money to complete the job.
2: Oh, my gosh. How can I start dissecting everything that you just said? (laughs) (laughs) You just just threw out a lot of good nuggets. Yes. And I was like, just like listening to it as like rain. So- I wanna just emphasize one thing that you said that is really simple, but we can get in big trouble if we don't do that. When Sue was saying about adding the property address and the date and have it signed, guess how I didn't know i do that? When I had-
0: Same when, way I
2: did, I learned it the hard way, yes. Right, yes. right. I was like, oh my gosh, this this person did X, Y and Z. Where where's my contract? And then I, I found a contract. I was like, wait, I didn't put an address here. Like how this happen? Oh, he signed it, but there's no freaking date. So I can prove anything. So that's how I find out that I was like, damn, like this is so basic, but so, so important. Um, and in tracking the communication throughout um it's just not because i am expecting to end up in a lawsuit no because my i already share with you guys after i had a kid half of my brain is gone <laughs> so, you know bear with me here let's track that information in writing so i can remember things and you can remember things too so I track that. I do sometimes is a very simple minute meeting or weekly report, So I can understand, okay, here's what happened. But I like this, is what Sue just said right there, like print it out and put on, on, on your wall. This is like the lean waivers. It's no
0: negotiable. Really? It, Correct right that a lean waiver should never be negotiable I'll fudge on a lot of things on my projects um and I've learned everything the hard way and every time I say I learned it the hard way it means I lost a lot of money (laughs) that's what it means (laughs) so I'm just trying to save ladies a lot of money I mean I you know as recently as a few years ago because it was somebody that I was working with trusted a text message as a As as a contract, and well, the contractor had personal issues, and it didn't work out well. And when I had to make the call to my attorney, he said, "Where's your con? Where's your proposal?" I said, "Well, I got a text message." He goes, "Yeah, consider this a valuable lesson. Good luck with that." Oh God! There's nothing you that that text message cost me seventeen thousand dollars. Um, but so we all make mistakes. But lien waivers is something you should never make a mistake about. A proposal, it could be simple. As long as there's an email chain, you agree to it, it becomes a valid form of a contract, in, at least in Illinois. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, I've prepared a whole PDF with all of the documents that I'm speaking of um, for you to have at the end of this. And it's free, and you know, hopefully I can help you and also, always email me, call me if you have questions. I'm here for everybody. But those are some of the things that it's. there's a way to handle your business. And if you come across to the contractor, even if you lack a little bit in the confidence and maybe don't know everything that has to be done, if you handle your business professionally, you will attract the tradesmen and women that handle themselves professionally. And your project will... Will elevate to a level of just just so much better than trying to find the bottom feeders to fill out a pro- to complete a project that was undervalued to begin with.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a huge uh, recommendation, and and it has a lot to do with the markets you're playing in. So depending on where people are investing, you know that that you know certain contractors want to work in certain areas. So mm-hmm. keeping that in mind ladies, as you're assessing new markets, new this, new that, um, that has a lot to do with, okay, who are the types of contractors that are attracted to those areas? That is a good question to ask yourself um, because they are not all created equal, uh, especially if it's an area that might be, you know, a little less expensive or,
0: you know, those sort of things. Um, Can I chime in really quick, Liz, and just give a couple of key things? Yeah, please. I started out my, I started out my career in working in um, some of Chicago, in Chicago's most dangerous neighborhoods. Mm. Um, so I did have to work with a lot of unique individuals and develop some skills. Ladies and gentlemen, or you know, I was have to say gentlemen, I know it's mostly ladies listening to us, but um, if a contractor is providing only labor, do not give them a down payment. Um, that is a red flag. If to start off with, you want to provide the materials, the large purchase materials and have your contractor Um, responsible for what's called fasteners and adhesives. So if you are going to give them any kind of down payment, it better be less than a couple of hundred dollars because in hard neighborhoods, you run a risk of people running off with your money far, far more than you do in different neighborhoods. The other thing is if a contractor can't make it to the job site by eight o'clock in the morning and they have excuses and the excuse always starts off with there's car trouble. Um, Ironically, Truck, it, that truck trouble there uh, ironically it will then go to their back is blown out and then there's always some type of immediate family member yeah. that has a crisis honest to god it goes in that order that is so time. true sue
1: that is so <laughs> true
0: it, and it goes in that order yeah so if they can't make it to the job site prior to eight o'clock in the morning on a regular consistent basis after three days find somebody else don't lie to yourself. That's where I'm cutting. I'm letting you find somebody that's going to take pride in your in your work. And secondly, especially in tough neighborhoods, you have to have waivers signed. They have to be notarized. And if somebody says, I don't, I won't do it until I receive payment, then you don't do business with them because the waiver is not valid until the check you provide them clears the bank. So if you don't pay them, the waiver won't hold up in court. Mm.
1: Sue, is that the lien waiver you were mentioning earlier? Can you just talk a little bit about that for women that may not be as familiar with that piece of the puzzle, when you do it, how you do it, where you get it? Is it a legal document? That kind of thing.
0: Lien waivers are legal documents. There's two lien waivers. The first is partial, which is every single time you give somebody a payment, um, they fill this one out and completed it in its entirety. Then there's a final waiver, which means they are paid in full. Their job is done. Nobody owes anybody anything anymore. They don't owe you any more work, and the, you don't owe them any more money. Um, you need to have that. Anybody that comes on your job site and wor- and performs work, if they are not paid, they have the legal option to put a lien on your property, which is the same as a mortgage, the same as anything else, and you can't sell your property until you clear that up. It's called a mechanics lien. Any company that delivers materials to your job site has lien rights as well. Mm. So you need to get waivers from anybody that delivers materials. If somebody, if a, if a contractor buys their materials at Home Depot, it's not applicable there, um, only if it's delivered. So what a lien waiver does is it waives that person's right to file a lien. It's saying, Basically my contract with uh, the contractor would say my contract with you is $8,500. You have given me $2,000 of which $6,500 is due. I am providing, you know, the contractor would say, I am providing X, Y, and Z services for that amount. And there you have it. So every payment you need to get a lien waiver from them. Um, And if you're not comfortable with the people that are working for you, you need to get a lien waiver from everybody that's working underneath them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a contractor can get paid and perhaps not pay the their their subordinates. Um, but one le- le- lien waivers are signed. That yes. that means that they cannot put a lien on your property, and not only signed but notarized. Because in tough neighborhoods, there's also a huge scam. People will sign a lien waiver, but it's not them who's signing it. So unless they're notarized, it's not really going to hold up in court. I really learned this lesson.
2: When when I went to refinance a property and um, my contractor, we had pay him throughout the process and the last payment, I was holding it until punch list was um, pending. And I was like, once punch list is, it's spending. I'm still holding a couple of thousand dollars, not a big deal. And we already started the um, uh, refinancing process and this guy did not finish the punch list. And I was like, dude, you got to finish up so I can pay you and we can go anyway, long story short, he didn't want to finish up the punch list and he threats to put a a link on my property for the whole amount. (laughs) Because, yeah, because I did not have partial lien. So that was pretty interesting to learn about the importance of partial lien waivers because I had just a fine now is it's really an exchange. You're going to get paid and I'm going to get the same transaction, right? On the right hand, you have the lien waiver and the other one you have the check. It goes, one to another because I'm had to
0: learn that that way Mm. right that's just something that's just one of the best practices you can have in construction and it keeps your tradesmen honest yeah it it, it just does it's just such a protection that one thing will change um the outcome of most of your projects if you do that just that alone and getting a written proposal which will, at least in Illinois, because I'm not an attorney, so I can't advise in every other sure. state, but at least in a, I know in Illinois where I work, a written proposal is a contract. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, as long as you email them back and say, I accept this, it becomes legally binding. As long as it has the elements, address, date, work, uh, price, and so on and so forth.
1: That's great. Great suggestions. I love the red flags. Uh, those are really, really helpful because sometimes we see that early on and we want to believe the person's having a tough day or, but then it goes on and on. You're like, okay, <laughs> this is not a tough day. You know, like you said, you could seriously. It's a lifestyle, scri-
0: not
2: a tough day, right? It's a lifestyle. Exactly. I remember um, one of our GCs, he said once, um, it's my son's first birthday. I was like, dude, are you serious? That's what you said two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
1: That's change. Hysterical.
0: That is terrible.
2: Yeah, how is his oh, birthday again
1: this week? Yeah.
0: The best um, one always is the guy that has to leave early or shows up late and then leaves early. And for whatever reason, the, the, the famous comment is, oh, but you don't understand. I'm almost done. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay here tomorrow and finish it all up. Yeah, but I'm going to be here tomorrow, you know, even if it takes me 12 hours. No, <laughs> me day. Yeah, right? Dude, I, I don't have any faith you're going to do this tomorrow. Because it actually they'll say it. It's all the same.
2: (laughs) It's funny.
1: There's so many questions uh, we could be asking you, right? This is like a lot of detail and, and this is, you know, like Pandora's box. It just, it it could keep going and going and going. Um, I I do want to mention Sue, I want you to share where the ladies listening um, can learn more about you and and you do some workshops and things like that. I also want to mention Sue is one of our investor leaders Uh, In Chicago. So she's a great resource. Uh, We're also going to be launching a virtual meetup because we have meetups around the country, but a lot of women can get to those physically. So we are in the process of looking uh, of securing a leader for that. And um, Sue and I were just talking earlier and and Sue's got to be one of the first things that we um, topics we do so so if, if, if the women listening to this want more um, I get it because it's a big topic of construction and sue so we're going to be putting together a um, free webinar for for the virtual meetup energy and in, in probably in 2020 so just, just, just keep an eye out for that ladies on our investor community on Facebook because uh, this is an important one for women and, or for everybody but especially women so we are um, going to be getting Sue on and really going through some of that on a on a meetup um, through Zoom call. So so with that, Sue mentioned though to the ladies listening the the free PDF, what they can do and also a little bit about the course you have and, and where they can
0: connect with you. Okay. Well ladies, I have all of the documents the documents that I talked about, your waivers, proposals, there's also a, a plethora of other documents in there. What's key to working with your subcontractors? I prepared it in a PDF format, and you can actually just fill it out yourself on a PDF, try to make it as easy as possible. If you text August, which is my name, the company is August James Limited, so text August 123 and the text it to 44222, um, you'll get the link to the free PDF. I'm also starting a um, a four-part series workshop. Uh, It's going to be, you know, webinar starting later in November, but it's $47 and it's the start of how to set up your construction projects, starting with how to do your scheduling and some best practices on just really beginning and how to set up. Um, I hope you can join me for that. Also, ladies, my email is sue at augustlimited.com, which my website is also augustlimited.com but email me i love helping people i'm not going to charge you for it um you know or answer questions or if you're kind of in a stuck situation you got a little tricky thing going on gosh really reach out to me or even call me i would love to talk to people i i i i mean this is just really fun for me so i hope you do reach out to me and you know i hear back from you
2: i love that that's music to my ears
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome! I'm not hearing from you, Andressa.
2: <laughs> oh, I we can keep talking forever about construction. Here, people yeah. are like, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> all right, so all of this information, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're gonna to transition to our fabulous three questions, and the first oh. one is: Sue, what's the most transformational book you have ever read?
0: Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, because being raised very middle class in Chicago, you know, we think a certain way. We're, we're a product of our environment. And it wasn't until I read that book that I realized that the difference to being successful um, in any area is how you think. And, and, and really, sometimes it's a mind game. And not sometimes, actually, it's always a mind game. And (laughs) how we, how we look at things and how we um, think ourselves and what we're capable of. Um, That, that book was one of my favorite. I probably, you made me see things very differently and, and everybody has the capacity to do everything that they want if they allow themselves. Awesome.
2: The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life?
0: My morning routine. Um, Every morning I have a little worksheet that I kind of fill out on my Adobe fill-in sign. It's three things I'm grateful for. And yes, believe me, some mornings I have to dig so deep. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That I'm just like, okay, I'm fine. I'm grateful that I have running water and that's it.
2: (laughs) That's it for today.
0: (laughs) And then it has on there the top five things that I want to achieve within whatever that parameter is. And then I always ask myself one question. I wonder what's going to happen today to bring mm. me total happiness. Mm. So I just leave it like that every day. That's a and great question. I usually do that while I'm getting, putting my makeup on and getting my hair ready every day.
2: Nice. The last question for you is, which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most?
0: My mom. Mm. She, was a, she was a really great woman. No matter what, she found the good in everybody, and she chose to do it. It was a conscious decision mm. that everybody has good in them, and um, she just found it, and, and she loved people, and she especially found it in my brother and myself. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't know I wasn't capable of doing everything until I was in high school, because she made me believe that I was just a miracle. Wow. She made my brother believe that, too.
2: Wow. Yeah. I love that idea that you're saying that she made a conscious choice.
0: Every day. She she consciously chose to find the great good in every single person. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful.
1: I love it. That's really, really moving and <clears throat> good reminder for her, us all, right? Yes. Because there, yes. there is good in, in everyone and everything. Sometimes we have a hard time seeing it. Um, But Sue, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, Thanks for being part of our investor community. And just, I just, just love your, love your way of being. And, and, you know, I love that you, I love that you bought, you built a a home for Barbie like that. I got to put that in our title somehow. So I love that. So, but thank you for being on our show. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with the ladies listening.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me, ladies. And I'm so happy to be part of your wonderful group, uh, Liz and Andressa. And thank you for everything you, you ladies do for all of us. Thanks. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
2: If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes.